0: good evening brothers and sisters and my church family i'm excited this evening to bring you our thursdays study hopefully you guys have been following along throughout the week as um, each one of us has been bringing you um, the events of the holy week and passover week Um, starting off with brandon and tonight i'll be sharing with you um, the thursday evening's events um, as we roll into the actual passover feast As we're talking now, we are literally in the middle of um, that supper dinner that Jesus and his disciples are having. So as we've gone through this week, you'll have noticed that it's been a roller coaster of events and parables and just a time of Jesus trying to relate to his disciples what he wants them to know before he goes to the cross. Um, last week, Thursday, when we were discussing um, how we would handle um, sharing these studies with you, we were given a list, an itemized list of, of each day of the week and the events that occurred through that week. Um, as I was uh, looking through Thursday's um, categories, I noticed one that said two swords. I thought to myself, two swords? What is two, th- two swords? I've never, I've never thought of that. You know, I've never. I didn't remember the story. I didn't remember the account of of two swords, two swords, sorry. Um, So the passage that I want to share with you guys this evening is pretty short. It's only four verses, but there's a lot packed into it. So with that, let's take our swords and we're going to turn to um, Luke chapter 22, um, verses 35 through 38. And I'll just read those for us um, as we get going here. Luke chapter 22, verse 35 says, And he said to them, When I sent you without money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said, Nothing. Then he said to them, But now he who has a money bag, let him take it, and likewise a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say to you, that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors, for the things concerning me have an end. So they said to him, look, look here, here are two sores. And he said to them, it's enough. Now, as I read that, I thought to myself, man, there's so much packed into these these four verses. Well, let's see if we can't break them down. Um, See where this is practically applicable to us, and then find the hope that lies in this particular moment in history that, would otherwise be described as um, a tragic event. So Jesus starts off with telling you, telling the disciples, or asking them this question, when I sent you out without your backpack, without your money bag, and without your sandals, um, did you lack anything? And if you guys recall, um, Jesus called the disciples and he said, you know what, you're not going to need your staff. You're not going to need an extra jacket. Don't take an extra jacket and don't Bring any money. You're not going to have any need for it. If you look back in Luke chapter nine, um, you'll see the account how they were to just go about going from house to house and letting the the people provide for them. And if there were any kind of altercations, they were just to move to the next house. And you'll see throughout the account in Scripture, they really didn't have any kind of opposition. Um, There were some small little um, altercations they had with the Pharisees. But really, Jesus protected the disciples through this whole entire time. Now, Jesus moves into the next verse and says, But now, right, there's kind of this change in tone. And if you've read the passage, you'll know things are dramatically going to change. Jesus is now telling them, hey, if you have a money bag, grab it. If you have a jacket, grab it. If you don't have a sword, sell something and buy a sword. So, one thing that I'm thinking in my mind as I'm reading is, is, do I, is Jesus really telling them that they need to go buy a sword? Why would they need a sword? Uh, we'll read later on, um, Peter pulls a sword out and cuts the, the, the ear off of a guy. And Jesus reaches down and puts it back on, on and heals the man. And Jesus tells him, hey, You know, whoever lives by the sword is also going to die by the sword. So I can't imagine that Jesus was really encouraging the disciples to go buy swords. So what is he trying to say? You'll notice that what he's talking about here is he's talking about money, which is one type of provision, a jacket, which is another type of provision, and a sword, which is another type of provision, but has a little bit more of a Offensive maybe kind of feel to it, but I think what really Jesus is getting at here And as you see through this the story like I keep saying that things are dramatically going to change They're going to be faced with some things that are going to be hard to handle and he's telling them look This is not going to be easy. You need to ready yourselves get ready do what it takes to be able to withstand what's coming at you Um, Next we read in verse 37, Jesus says for I say to you that that which is written must still be accomplished in me and he has and he was numbered with the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. Here Jesus is quoting a, a passage from uh, Isaiah 53. So I'm going to read it real quick. Isaiah 53:12 says, "Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death." And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So again, what is Jesus What is Jesus reminding them here? Or what is he trying to tell them? He's saying that, look, things are going to change. My time here on earth is coming to an end. And that he's referring back to a prophecy. And another thing to remember and to really kind of take to heart and as an encouragement is that Isaiah, you know, prophesied this like 700 years before, before Christ. That's a long time. And now it's becoming, it's coming true. But nonetheless, Jesus has come to live among the transgressors, which is all of us, or was once all of us. Um, And at the same time, he was also tried as a transgressor, though being innocent. But in that comes the hope that we have grown to, um, to love as Christians, right? In that he came and was wrongly accused, lived among us and was treated as a sinner, crucified as a sinner, <laughs> being the perfect lamb or the being, the being the perfect man that he was, that perfect blood shed for us, gave us the hope of eternal life, gave us that promised land, if you will, Just to put it back into the Passover um, context, you know, in that, you know, as Jesus or God um, brought the Israelites out of out of bondage in Egypt and brought them to to the promised land, this is also a time where we see how God does that for us as believers through His death on the cross. We are given that hope of eternal life, that promised land. Next, we're going to move into verse 38 there, and the disciples, if you remember, all along the way, they have been really kind of blinded to what Jesus has been trying to tell them, really kind of still hanging on to this idea that Jesus is here to really save them from their current circumstance with the Romans, and that he's just going to come in and become the king, take out... um, take out the Roman authority, and really the whole idea with the swords was kind of in that same context. They're thinking, all right, here we go, and they say, look, Jesus, here's two swords, and Jesus says, it is enough. Now, we lose a little bit of context here in the English translation. Um, Is it enough that there's only two swords for 11 guys? Are 11 guys going to take on the whole Roman uh, empire with two swords? I think not. Again, we're talking about a metaphor Um, of the swords but at the same time when jesus says it is enough what is he saying there in translation what jesus is actually saying there is that's enough guys that's enough of you trying to um solve this on your with your own explanation um and he just kind of leaves it there it would be like me saying to the boys when they're horsing around all right boys that's enough you know take it easy stop um so he leaves them kind of there, and that's where I'm kind of kind of leave off this portion of our of our reading tonight. But practically speaking, what does that mean for us as believers? Um, I've written out three questions for you guys uh, and some verses to look at. But one question, or one thing that would um, that would come to mind for me as we apply this to our personal lives is to start off with: Are we Trusting God with everything, have we seen? How have we seen God working in our lives? Has God been our provider? Has um, have we given God the control of our lives? Um, is He the one that's um, directing our every thoughts, our every um, our every move? Are we giving all of our anxiety to Him? How have we as Christians girded ourselves, or how have we? taken up um, this idea of the the armor of God um, and put that into practice in our own lives. How are we handling this this present pandemic or this present um, day and age that we're going through? And lastly, how has um, Jesus' sacrifice affected us? Is it enough? Are we sticking to our guns or our swords and are we missing the point like the disciples? I'm going to let you guys work through these. There's so much to go through here. I feel like I have not done this passage, um, I haven't done it to justice. But really what I'm looking to do here is just to remind us that even though we are in tough times, even though um, there doesn't seem to be hope in this world, we know that there is hope. And as believers, we have... We have Christ's crucifixion to look to. His blood has saved us. And we have the promise of eternal life. One verse I'd like to share with you before we end is John 16, 33. He says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. He didn't say I've overcome the things in the world. He says I have overcome the world. And he did that ultimately through the cross. So I would encourage you as Christians to, um, if you've been sleeping, wake up, Um, take your sword, take it to heart, remember the promises, embrace those promises, gird your hearts and your minds with the scripture, and um, bring hope to the world. You know, um, just real quick, um, I can't get enough. Uh, Jesus tells Peter just in the same passage that Satan is coming to sift him. And Jesus says, Peter, I've prayed for you. And after you deny me three times, come back to the brothers and encourage them. So as we go through this time, Satan is going to try to sift us, right? To really try us. And God's going to let that happen. God's going to bring tribulations to really try by fire our faith. So hang on tight. Hold to God's word and uh, be ready. Thank you, guys. I love you. And uh, just go through these questions. There's so much there. And uh, have fun. Love you. Bye-bye.